that. Uh, hello, everyone. I hope you had a good day yesterday. I hope you're still feeling good. Uh, I promised yesterday that the Monday memories would be impressive today, and Damon has already seen it. Yeah. Stick with me for now, please. Please. <laughs> it needs your education. And go to see the carpool karaoke. Because I promise you, it's the greatest video you'll ever see in your life. Right, why are we here? Oh, yeah, mice and men. I remember that guy. Okie dokie. Let's get cracking, shall we? The usual deal, of course, that if you... Um, I'll read through. And then... Make comments, interrupt myself constantly. And at the end, I'll take any questions. I've set the screen up slightly differently, so hopefully I might actually be able to see questions as they come in. Because um, that's the ideal, isn't it, really? I'd rather answer questions as they come up. But anyway, we'll go for it in a sec. Um, there was something else I was going to say, and I forgot what it was. Nah. It's gone. I'm sorry. Um, I'll get to it in a second, anyway. Right, let's get cracking, shall we? Yesterday, we were uh, looking at... Crooks, remember Lenny? Not yesterday, something. Lenny was in Crooks's room, and uh, Crooks, uh, well, ultimately was pretending he didn't like it, but he liked it, didn't he? He liked it, and he was um, he was also sorry, I'm distracting myself here. At the end of yesterday, Candy... I'm distracting myself. I'm just making sure this is actually live. <laughs> it is. Yay. Good, good, good. My laptop's actually lagging a bit. Okay, that's all right then. Right, so... The very end, Candy had come in. They're starting to talk about the rabbits in front of Crooks. Good Lord. How crazy is this? I warn you, there's a lot of racist language uh, in this. Um, this section. So, let's get going. Uh, <laughs> okay. Candy came in, but he was still embarrassed. What a nice, cosy little place in here, he said to Crooks. Must be nice to have a room all to yourself this way. Sure, said Crooks. And a manure pile under the window. Sure, it's swell. Lenny broke in. You, you said about them rabbits. Candy leaned against the wall beside the broken collar while he scratched the red stump. Been here a long time, he said. Crook's been here a long time. It's the first time I've been in his room. That's quite a statement. It shows the separation between races, doesn't it? Crook said darkly. Guys don't come in and colored man's room very much. Nobody been here but Slim. Slim and the boss. Candy quickly changed the subject. Slim's as good a skinner as I've ever seen. Lenny leaned towards the old swamper. About them rabbits, he insisted. Candy smiled. I've got to figure out. We could make some money on them rabbits. If we go about it right. But, but I get to tend them, Lenny broke in. George says I get to tend them. He, he, he promised. Crooks interrupted brutally. You guys are just kidding yourself. You'll talk about it a hell of a lot, but you won't get no land. You'll be a swamper here till they take you out in a box. Hell, I've seen too many guys. Lenny Hero quit and be on the road in two, three weeks. Seems like every guy got land in his head. Candy rubbed his cheek angrily. You, you, what, I'm right, we're going to do it. 
George says we are. We got the money right now. Yeah, said Crooks. Where's George now? In town in a whorehouse. That's where your money's going. Jesus, I've seen it happen too many times. I've seen too many guys have land in their head. They never get none under their hand. Candy cried. Sure, they all want it. Everybody wants a little bit of land. Not much, just something that was his. Something he could live on and they couldn't nobody throw him off of it. I never had none. I planted crops with damn near everybody in the state. But it wasn't my crops. When I harvested them, it wasn't none of my harvest. But we're going to do it now. Don't you make no mistake about that. George ain't got the money in town. That money's in the bank. Me and Lanny and George, we're going to have a room for ourselves. Going to have a dog and rabbits and kitchens. We're going to have green corn and maybe a cow or a goat. He stopped, overwhelmed with his picture. Do you see what happened then? It's Candy doing the dream, you know, like George does with Lenny. And now there's Candy doing it. Oh, bless him. This dream is like all-encompassing, isn't it? They're just desperate for it. Again, context, 1930s. Everything's bad. Everything's desperate. Um, look at Crux's consistent position. And he's going to carry on with it. Oh, here's me cat. Hello, Penny. Hiya, Pen. Come on, Baba. Um, do you want to come up and say hello to everybody? Of course you do. Yeah. Come on, dude. It's all right. It's a little. <laughs> come on, look. She's escaping. There she comes. Penny likes a bit of a bison man. There she is. Right. Um, Crooks is saying it's just nonsense, isn't he? Crooks is just consistently saying, yeah, that's, it's rubbish. All these people turn up in the ranches, all these desperate drifters. They all want to, this dream, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, yeah? So Crooks is skeptical, yeah? So. Crooks says, you see, you got the money. Damn right, we got most of it. Just a little bit more to get. Have it all in one month. George got the land all picked out, too. Crooks reached round and explored his spine with his hand. Never would have seen a guy really do it. Seen guys nearly crazy with loneliness for land. But every time a whorehouse or a blackjack game took what it takes. He hesitated. If you guys would want a hand to work for nothing, just as keep, why well, I'd come and lend a hand. I ain't so crippled, I can't work like a son of a bitch if I wanna. Crooks actually thinking about it. Crooks hearing Candy's logic and hearing that, oh, no, 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 we've got the money, pretty much. George isn't spending it. We are actually going to do this. And, oh, even Crooks thinks, I can get out of this. I can get out of here. I can actually spend the rest of my life in a place where people aren't racist, where people aren't hateful to me. Where I can just live a normal life. Oh, isn't this a sweet moment, eh? Candy, Crooks, Lenny, George, all going off together. Can you imagine? Oh. Remember what happened last time we, we thought the dream was coming true when Candy said uh, he could cough up the money and then straight away Curly comes in and starts attacking Lenny. Remember I said about Steinbeck playing of our emotions? Oh, it's so lovely and cosy. We're all in that dream now. Hoping for it to come true for them. Oh, if crooks could escape racism. Wonderful. So we're all feeling nice and cosy and happy. And then, of course, that means that Steinbeck is lining up 
something less pleasant. What could possibly go wrong now? And you boys and Curly? They swung their heads towards the door. Looking in was Curly's wife. Her face was heavily made up. Her lips were slightly parted. She breathed strongly, as though she'd been running. Curly ain't been here, Candy said sourly. She stood still in the doorway, smiling a little at them, rubbing the nails of one hand with a thumb and forefinger of the other, and her eyes travelled from one face to another. Left all the weak ones here, she said finally. Think I don't know where they all went, even Curly? I know where they all went. Then he watched her, fascinated, but Candy and Crooks were scowling down away from her eyes. Candy said, Then if you know, why you want to ask us where Curly's at? He regarded them amusedly. Funny thing, she said. If I catch any one man and he's alone, I get along fine with him. But just let two of the guys get together, and you won't talk. It's nothing but mad. She dropped her fingers and put her hands on her hips. You're all scared of each other, that's why. Every one of you is scared that the rest is going to get something on you. After a pause, Crook said, Maybe you better go along to your own house now. We don't want no trouble. Well, I ain't giving you no trouble. Think I don't like to talk to somebody every once in a while? Think I like to stick in that house all the time? Candy laid the stump of his wrist on his knee and rubbed it gently with his hand. He said accusingly, You've got a husband. You've got no call fooling around with the guys causing trouble. The girl flared up. Who sure I got a husband. You all seen him. Swell guy, ain't he? Spends all his time saying what he's going to do to guys he don't like. And he don't like nobody. Think I'm going to stay in that two-by-four house and listen how Curly's going to lead to his left twice and then bring in the old right cross? One, two, he says. Just the old one, two, and he'll go down. She paused and her face lost its sullenness and grew interested. Say, what happened to Curly's hand? There was an embarrassed silence. Candy stole a look at Lenny, then he coughed. Why? Curly got his hand caught on the machine, man. Bust his hand. She watched for a minute. And then she laughed. Baloney! What do you think you're selling me? Curly started something he didn't finish. Caught in the machine. Baloney! Why, he ain't give nobody the old good old one too since he got his hand bust. Who bust him? Candy repeated sullenly. Got a caught in the machine. All right, she said contemptuously. All right, cover him up if you want it. What I care. You bindle bums think you're so damn good. What do you think I am, a kid? I tell you, I could have went with shows. Not just one, neither. And a guy told me he could put me in pictures. She was breathless with indignation. Saturday night, everybody out doing something. Everybody. And what am I doing? Standing here, talking to a bunch of bindle stiffs. A nigger and a dumb dumb and a lousy old sheep. And liking it, because they ain't nobody else. Then he watched her, his mouth half open. Crooks had retired into the tactful protective dignity of the Negro. Let's not pause just for a second here. Um, Curly's wife's fascinatingly complex. And, okay, let's think about what she just said then. She says she had dreams she could have been in the pictures, in the movies. It doesn't seem likely, does it? We will learn more about this. So she has a dream as well, it seems, which will be developed later she also says you know all the weak ones have stayed behind and, you know it's something to consider perhaps when you think about what might come up 
in uh, you know an exam question. What types of characters are these? <laughs> You've got you know the, the, the people who are prejudiced against uh, uh, people are prejudiced against Lenny and uh, Candy disability, Candy age, uh, crooks, uh, race and disability. So, you know, this idea of being a cruel society of prejudice. And then, of course, that with them, the victim of sexism, Curly's wife. And she is uh, most, uh, I beg your pardon, I got distracted by my phone now. Uh, she is, I mean, you think about it. Got every right to be unhappy. She knows where her husband is. They've all gone to the, the, the brothel. Her pretty new husband is off somewhere with a prostitute. Lovely. He knows how to treat her well, doesn't he? So he can totally understand her dissatisfaction, her frustration, can't you? Okay. Look how they react. Lenny, of course, can't help himself. He just is Lenny. Crooks, it says, withdraws into the terrible protective dignity of the Negro. The sort of oh, Penny likes a book. Um, the conditioning of of uh, people who are black in America and had been prejudiced against for so long. And like I said, remember, sixty odd years before then, slavery still legal. The sort of protecting yourself by reducing yourself down, not saying or doing anything, because then there's nothing that somebody can object to. So he's sort of doing that. However, remember, Candy got brave against Curly, didn't he? Candy scored points off him, full of Vaseline. And now he's brave again. Why is Candy brave? Because he thinks he's getting out of there, doesn't he? Yeah? Right, so. Oops, a daisy. But a change came over old Candy. Oops, sorry, Pan. He stood up. And knocked suddenly and knocked his nail keg over backwards. I had enough, he said angrily. You ain't wanted here. We told you you ain't. I tell you, you got floozy ideas about what us guys amounts to. You ain't got sense enough in that chicken hair to even see that we ain't steps. Suppose you get us can. Suppose you do. You think we'll hit the highway and look for another lousy two bit job like this? You don't know what we got our own ranch to go to in our own house. We ain't got to stay here. We got a house and chickens and fruit trees and a place a hundred times better, prettier than this. And we got friends. That's what we got. Maybe there was a time when we were scared of getting canned, but we ain't no more. We got our own land and it's ours and we can go to it. See that? <laughs> Another person told about the dream. Another person told about the farm. It's a top secret, isn't it? Um, is the dream the farm and having land, as Crook says, or... Is it something more simple? Is it just having friends? As he said that we got friends. That's what we we got. Having friends and people who care. Curly's wife laughed at him. Baloney, she said. I've seen too many of you guys. If you had two bits in the world, I'd be getting two shots of calm with it and sucking the bottom of the glass. I know you guys. Candy's face had grown redder and redder, but before she was done speaking, he had control of himself. He was the master of the situation. Mine and you, he said gently. Maybe you just better go along and roll your hoop. We ain't got nothing to say to you at all. We know what we got. We don't care whether you know it or not. But maybe you better just scatter along now. Because Curly maybe ain't going to like his wife out in the barn with us bindle stiffs. Ooh, he's in control. 
She looked from one face to another and they were all closed against her. And she looked longest at Lenny until he dropped his eyes in embarrassment. Suddenly she said, Where'd you get them bruises on your face? Lenny looked up guiltily. Who, 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 me? Yeah, you. Lenny looked to Candy for help and then he looked at his lap again. He goes hand cotton a machine, he said. Curly's wife laughed. Okay, machine, I'll talk to you later. I like machines. Candy broke in. You let this guy alone. Don't you do no messing around with him. I'm going to tell George what you say. Is George going to have you messing with Lenny? Who's George, he asked. The little guy you come with? Lenny smiled happily. That, that's him, he said. That's the guy, and he's going to let me tend the rabbits. Well, if that's all you want, I might get a couple rabbits myself. Crook stood up from his bunk and faced her. I had enough, he said coldly. Oh, Crook, standing up to her now. You got no rats coming in the colored man's room. You got no rats messing around in here at all. Now you just get out and get out quick. If you don't, I'm going to ask the boss not to ever let you come in the barn no more. She turned to him in scorn. She apologized with it. Listen, nigger, she said. You know what I can do to you if you open your trap? Crook stared hopelessly at her. And then he sat down on his bunk and drew into himself. She closed on him. You know what I could do? Crook seemed to grow smaller and he pressed himself against the wall. Yes, ma'am. Well, you keep your place then, nigger. I could get you strung up on a tree so easy it ain't even funny. Crooks had reduced himself to nothing. There was no personality, no ego. Nothing to arouse either like or dislike, he said. Yes, ma'am. His voice was toneless. For a moment, she stood over him, as though waiting for him to move so she could whip at him again. But Crooks sat perfectly still, his eyes averted, everything that could might be hurt drawn in. She turned at last at the other two. Old Candy was watching her, fascinated. If you was to do that, we'd tell, he said quietly. We'd tell about you framing crooks. Tell and be damned, she cried. Nobody'd listen to you, and you know it. Nobody'd listen to you. Candy subsided. No, indeed. Nobody'd listen to her. Lenny whined. I, I wish George was here. I wish George was here. Candy stepped over to him. Don't you worry, Ron, he said. I just heard the guys come in. George will be in the bunkhouse right now, I bet. He turned to Curly's wife. You better go home now, he said quietly. You go right now. We won't tell Curly he was here. She appraised him coolly. I ain't sure you heard nothing. Don't take no chances, he said. If you ain't sure, you better take the safe way. She turned to Lenny. I'm glad you bust Curly up a little bit. You got it coming to me. Sometimes I'd like to bust him myself. She slipped out the door and disappeared into the dark barn. And while she went through the barn, the halter chains rattled and some horses snorted and some stamped their feet. Oh, it's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible what she does to, to crooks. Remember I said all along this idea of a, a lawless environment, the idea of it being um, the, the sort of uh, the people taking justice into their own hands. The idea of this place being dangerous. And there you see it. Poor Crooks. She says, basically, <laughs> if you if you stand up to me, I'll just say that you tried to rape me. And then the men will just take him and hang him. Because he's black and she's white. And therefore what she says is true in their minds. And that's that. Isn't that horrible? Isn't that awful? So, in the end, Candy manages to get rid of her. 
by saying he heard somebody. But, uh, well, it's really horrible, isn't it? Really horrible, that. That thing with um, Crooks withdrawing back into himself. I did stuff on slavery in, in part of my degree, actually. And I said there's a theory um, that slaves would protect themselves by acting stupid or just withdrawing into themselves so that if they made a mistake or deliberately sabotaged something, um, the sort of the, the, the slave owners would think, oh, well, they're all stupid. They can't help themselves. That's how they are. Um, which, you know, perpetuates racist attitudes, I suppose, but also protects themselves, which is key, isn't it? Let's be honest. So, um, basically, Crook sort of pulls into himself, doesn't he? That's his defence strategy. And he says, yes, ma'am. Remember he calls Slim, Mr. Slim? He, they refer to everybody sort of um, like they're a teacher with authority above them. Uh even though like, his slavery is over, that's still what um, Crooks does, and he calls it man when he's put himself into himself. Crooks seems to come slowly out of the layers of protection he put on. Is that the truth, what you said about the guys come back? He asked. Sure, I heard him. But I didn't hear nothing. Gate banged, Andy said, and he went on. Jesus Christ, Curly's wife can move quiet. Yeah, she had a lot of practice, though. Crooks avoided the whole subject now. Maybe you guys better go, he said. I ain't sure I want you in here no more. Colored man's got to have some rights, even if he don't like them. Poor Crooks, for a moment, dreamed and took himself out of his reality, and now he's going back to the old self of, oh, you know, see what happens when I mix with you guys. Look what happens to me. Candy said, <clears throat> that bitch didn't ought to have said that to you. It wasn't nothing. Crooks said dully, you guys coming in and setting made me forget. What she says is true. Isn't that depressing? He forgot he was different. Oh. The horses snorted out in the barn and the chains rang and the voice called, Lenny, oh Lenny, you in the barn? It's George, Lenny cried and he answered, Here, George, I'm right in here. In a second, George stood framed in the door and he looked disapprovingly about. Student in Corrector's room. He had not to be here. Nodded. I told him I'd be coming anyways. Well, why don't you kick him out? I, I didn't care much, said Crooks. Lenny's a nice fella. Now Candy aroused himself. Oh, George, I've been figuring and figuring. I got a doped out how we can even make some money on them rabbits. George scowled. Thought I told you not to tell nobody about that. Candy was crestfallen. Didn't tell nobody but Crooks. Uh, yeah, right. I'm Curly's wife. George says, well, you guys got to get out of here. Jesus, seems like I can't get away for a minute. Candy and Lenny stood up and went towards the door. Crooks called, Kenny. Oh, remember what I said about hoeing and doing our jobs? Yeah, said Candy. I remember. Well, just forget it, said Crooks. I didn't mean it. Just fooling. I wouldn't want to go to no place like that. Well, okay, if you feel like that, good night. The three men went out the door. They went through the barn, the horses snorted, and the halter chains crackled. Cook sat on his bunk and looked at the door for a moment. Then he reached for the liniment bottle. He pulled out his shirt at the back, poured little lemons in his pink palm, and reaching round, he fell slowly to rubbing his back. Oh, poor Crooks. 
horrible, isn't it? So there's, you know, in talking about prejudice, if you were to get that in the exam, there, the racism there all over that, that chapter there. It's really horrible, isn't it? Um, crooks, I, I want to point something out. Okay, he gives up at the end, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot myself for a moment and now, now I remember how life really is, you know, poor thing. But I want to point a little structural thing out here. Steinbeck's, like I said, it was written as a play. It's got these visual moments, almost like the ends of scenes, still moments for us to reflect on. And there you've got Crooks sitting on his bed, rubbing his back with liniments, thinking. Maybe what, what is he thinking? How just for a moment he had hope. How just for a moment he had a dream and forgot to be cynical. And now he's back to where he was. It's really sad, isn't it? Any bit of the book that reminds you of? Mm. Candy's dog. Remember I said it was poignant? Dog comes in at the end of the scene after they've been talking about shooting it. Just slowly settles itself down. And there you go. There's crooks. The other structural thing is that the start of this chapter was Crooks sitting on his bed thoughtfully rubbing the liniments the medicine sort of thing pain relief into his back and at the end it's the same and yet so much has happened but ultimately he's gone back to the beginning he's gone back to where he was at the start nothing has changed you see this sort of structure quite a bit in this book things happening but we end up back where we started it's called circular plot where things start in one place but come back to the same place uh, was Lenny referring to it well Steinbeck doing it through Lenny when when he picked up the card and said to George both ends the same why are both ends the same is Steinbeck trying to tell us something about how things don't change hmm. just wondering oh it's quiet on the comments a couple of times I've checked. Oh, hello, um, Jenny and Alfie. Hello. I sometimes wonder if my comments just don't work properly. And hello, Cat. Uh, yeah, Mrs. Griffiths is looking after me. I promise you, not the other way around. Um, yeah, I, I sometimes wonder if my uh, my comments don't come through properly. I don't know. Anyway, I'll read a, a little bit more I reckon we probably how many hmm, two more days we've done this I reckon I'll read a tiny bit more yeah I'll another three pages one end of the great barn was piled high with new hay and over the pile hung the four talon Jackson fork suspended from its pulley the hay came down like a mountain slope to the other side of the barn and there was a level place as yet unfilled with new crop the sides, the feeding racks were visible, and between the slats, the heads of horses could be seen. It was Sunday afternoon. The resting horses nibbled the remaining wisps of hay, and they stamped their feet, and they bit the wood of the mangers and rattled the halter chains. The afternoon sun sliced in through the cracks of the barn walls and lay in bright lines on the hay. There was the buzz of flies in the air, the lazy afternoon humming. From outside, came the clang of horseshoes on the playing peg and the shouts of men playing, encouraging, jeering. 
for in the barn it was quiet and humming and lazy and warm. Only Lenny was in the barn, and Lenny sat in the hay beside a packing case under a manger in the end of the barn that had not been filled with hay. Lenny sat in the hay and looked at the little dead puppy that lay in front of him. Lenny looked at it for a long time, and then he put out his huge hand and stroked it, stroked it clear from one end to the other. And Lenny said softly to the puppy, Why'd you gotta get killed? You ain't so little as mice. I, I didn't bounce you hard. He bent the pup's head up and looked in its face, and he said to it, Now maybe George ain't gonna let me tend no rabbits if he finds out you got killed. He scooped a little hollow laid the puppy in it and covered it over with hay out of sight. But he continued to stare at the mound he'd made. He said, This ain't no bad thing, like I gotta go hide in the brush. Oh, no, this ain't. I'll tell George I found it dead. He unburied the puppy and inspected it, and he stroked it ears to tail. He went on sorrowfully. But he'll know. George always knows. He'll say, You done it. Don't try to put nothing over on me. And, and he'll say, now just for that, you don't get to tend no rabbits. Suddenly his anger rose. God damn you, he cried. Why'd you got to get killed? You ain't so little as mice. He picked up the pup and hurled it from him. He turned his back on it. He sat bent over his knees and he whispered, now I won't get to tend the rabbits. Now he won't let me. He rocked himself back and forth in his sorrow. From outside came the clang of horseshoes on the iron stake and then a little chorus of cries. Then he got up and brought the puppy back and laid it on the hay and sat down. He stroked the pup again. You wasn't big enough, he said. They told me and told me you wasn't. I didn't know you'd get killed so easy. He works his fingers on the pup's limp ear. Maybe George won't care, he said. This, this here goddamn little son of a bitch wasn't nothing to George. Do I stop there? Let's see. Yeah, I will stop there because uh, there's a new and important section coming up now. So I think I'd stop there. The fair dues, Penny and I, she's now up against the radiator, enjoying the warmth, aren't you, Pen? We have enjoyed chatting to you. All. <laughs>